staying, bro. Come hang out. Come hang out and talk about Chain Link in Miami, bro. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be there. Be I'll be there. They, they're probably going to give some, like, some some drinks with, like, uh, ice cubes. With, uh, like, blue ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Hey, Naked, if you want to, if you want to join in, send you an invite. What up, Big Crypto? Hey, what's going on, guys? We're vibes, Hello? man. How you doing? You guys hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Hey, what's going on, man? Glad I'm glad you guys got me on. Hell yeah. Have you uh, have you done these spaces before? I've listened into a few, but uh, first one you're actually talking on. Oh shit! The voice reveal. <laughs> nah, you sound you sound good, bro. Uh, you know, you know, we're we're a really chill group here. Hey, you guys realize that dip that we just had was in parallel to a COVID fucking global pandemic event. It, it was amazing. I hope you guys scoop the hell out of that. Actually, I got, uh, I, got for, I, I got grabbed for 86 cents yesterday. Hey, wow. That's insane. Yeah, I actually scooped up of a couple different projects yesterday. I got uh, Luna. I scooped that one under $9. Uh, TRB, 45 bucks. Uh, Kusama, scooped some of that up. Like $300. A lot, of, a lot of good buying opportunities was out there, you know, if you had money on a sideline and take advantage of that debt. Yeah, unfortunately, all my shit was because I, I just took out a bunch off off some exchanges because I, I'm preparing to go to, to the Mediterranean for a while, and, and I was going to make some expensive purchases and, and fucking Expedia, man, dude. Oh, I don't know if you guys saw my tweets, but I was just losing my mind for fucking two days dealing with these pricks. What'd they do? Oh, Jesus, dude. They, they stranded my wife and my daughter in Dulles Airport coming out of Orlando. Fucking United should have never put them on the flight. And they were doing finger-pointing game, blaming the airlines. The airlines was blaming them, going back and forth. And they literally lied to me. The supervisor did he said, you know, oh, yeah, the, the ticket has been canceled now because they didn't put them on to, you know, on to Istanbul. And I said, you know, I talked to fucking uh, Air Canada, and they're like, no, it's still open. And I'm like, Jesus, how much are these fucking people going to lie? And here's the kicker. Their return flights, um, they added additional flight stops in, in Canada. And because they're not Canadians, it's illegal to stop in two Canadian cities. And, you know, it, that was something that Expedia did. And they're doing this on the back end to make a cheaper flight and make more money off of people. And I called them out on it. And I said, do you guys really want to go down this fucking road? I will fucking cancel you guys left and right. And I just went out to their site and just started hammering. And, I, you know, I, I finally talked to one lady. And, dude, this is where perseverance pays off. You know, you may lose your mind a little bit. But I talked to a lady, she wasn't a supervisor, and she said, give me the opportunity to try and fix this. And sure enough, she at least got the tickets refunded. You know, I had to drop $3,600 on two new tickets and, you know, pay for 
instant COVID tests, you know, another 500 bucks, hotel, 200 bucks, you know. I mean, it just, this thing just kept adding up. And I was just getting pissed. <laughs> but at least I'm getting a few thousand back. Damn. Damn yeah, two crazy. to three months later. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Go for it, bro. I was going to say, hey, in a few years, we'll just be taking the private jet to Istanbul. <laughs> Damn fucking straight. And I was ready to sink, you know, uh, some of my profits into a campaign to just hire a bunch of TikTokers to just fucking cancel the bricks. I was pissed. <laughs> I'm dying, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, if you cross me in that way, I'll go medieval on your ass. You know, I'm a very easygoing guy and I let a lot of things slide. But when you fuck with me or you fuck with my family, it, it just gets ugly quick. A hundred, a hundred percent. And my friends, my link friends. Let's go. Big, big, uh, big crypto. Where you? Wh how do you feel? Uh, we're doing on the recovery in the market on this crash. Like leg down, bounce, dead cat bounce. Where, where, how do you feel on some of the major coins here? Uh, so far, I think we got a strong bounce that I wanted to see. Um, if you look at the weekly demand levels. Uh, those levels actually held pretty good. Um, we saw a strong bounce at the 30K level. Um, some targets that I had drawn up actually uh, pointed down to downside targets around 30K. If you were looking at um, like the Elliott wave extensions, um, the 1.618 drawn off of uh, um, the major uh, swing points pointed the 1.618 down to the 30K zone, which we hit. Um, I didn't think we were going to hit it that fast, that quick. Uh, but, you know, as you saw yesterday, yesterday was a huge um, sell-side liquidity event. Um, I do like the buyback that we got. Um, strong demand. Those those uh, buying wicks are uh, definitely uh, what we want to see uh, right now. Uh, but right now I'm actually keying in on that 42K level. Um, getting above that uh, resistance zone is the next key. Um, and then after that, I'll be looking towards that uh, 45 to 47K area, um, which is the next uh, resistance area. Um, but wasn't uh, there a hidden, so far. wasn't there a hidden bull divergence going on too? Just like recently? Mm -hmm. there yeah. was. Yep. Did you guys see the 4chan uh, post that happened the day before the crash? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Valid. So, Big Crypto, can you uh, give the people maybe don't follow you or anything, kind of your background in crypto, TA, kind of what, what are you trying to do here? So, I started uh, started really uh, back in 2017. Um, I did a little bit of trading before that in 2016. Uh, but pretty much, I, I jumped into crypto uh, 2017, the end of I would say about Q, Q3, Q4. Um, I rode up the last bull market, uh, made a shit ton of money, and lost most of it. Um, and that was uh, one of the main determinants behind, uh, you know, learning how to trade. And, you know, after that, I pretty much went, you know, all at it with everything I had. And, uh, you know, started building up at that point. So 2018 was a year I kind of just on my own was just looking up different um, things like trading uh, stuff online different resources like that 
2019, I did a whole year of uh, trading classes. Um, there's a website called therationalinvestor.com. It's ran by uh, Brian Beamish. So I did uh, three three different levels of his uh, trading classes. Um, wasn't too too expensive. Uh, but I did that for a full year. And then after that, you know, I hit the ground running uh, with that knowledge, which gave me a good uh, – a good base. So then 2020, um, you know, that was when I was finally, you know, had, you know, the tool, tool belt and was equipped with, you know, different trading, uh, knowledge, I would say. And, uh, you know, after that, I just, I just started getting after it and put in thousands of hours of, you know, looking at the charge, which, um, that is mainly the key is just getting that, uh, that experience out there, um, because experience is, you know, what gives you the confidence and experience also is what helps you, you know, when you're, you know, in battle, you know, you know, like yesterday, you know, when shit's, when shit hits the fan, you know, you got to have a plan because if you don't have a plan and, you know, you're going to get out, you know, left out there to dry, you know, so that actually helped me out big time, um, doing those different classes. Uh, I did studying different like people on youtube um another uh the guy that i watched was uh jim of all trades um i studied you know his uh elliot wave analysis all of his series um i'm not a elliot wave technician um i would say but i do have a you know good basis of you know what to read how to read those waves but you know i don't i don't focus majority of my analysis on just that but it is good to have that uh that background in it um also i also i looked at every video that uh crypto cred had on twitter um he's pretty good i'm sure uh, many of you guys probably have heard of crypto cred at some point um cruz ak um, he's also pretty well known on crypto twitter as well I studied all of his uh, trading series, um, Rainer Teo, you know, so I, I pretty much study a, a lot of different people's approaches, um, but, you know, I came up with my own uh, collaborate approach of how, you know, I work in my own trading system um, and everybody, you know, has their own unique uh, trading system, which, uh, you know, is best for them because everybody's mind is different every the psychology of the market you know understanding how to read the market is uh, definitely something um that everybody should know how to do um but also knowing how your mind works is also another key is which you know many people might not talk about but understanding you know how much risk you can put on the table you know, how do you think when, you know, shit hits the fan um, versus, you know, how things are when, you know, you're in those uh, euphoric moments. Um, so, yeah, you know, everything um, pretty much worked out pretty good. So, Hey, Big, uh, big Crypto T, it's Chase here. Uh, I was just kind of listening. Uh, Spanish up dinner while you guys were doing that intro. So I just want to say welcome to the base space. Uh, I had a quick question. So I feel like there's like different types of trading, right? Like I feel like you have people who are extremely 
focused on the like higher uh, higher time frame, like macro structure of the market. And then you also have people who do the like five to 10, 15 minute trade uh, windows. What What is your strategy behind that? What do you personally like and kind of like why? So I like to keep a track of the macro trend. Um, when I say macro, I mean uh, like the weekly, the daily. Um, those are your higher time frames that I like to key in on. Um, but I do uh, more swing trading than anything. Um, so I, I like to use the four hour, eight hour. Um, but I do drill down to the one hour and sometimes even as low as like the 15 second if I'm trying to snipe a exit or entry. Um, but for answering your back to answering your question, uh, mainly I focus on you know, like the four hour, four hour time frame. That's like key because that's mainly going to be your um, swing positions. Um, using that four hour time frame is mainly for like the swings. Um, so I, I do like using that. Also, I like keying in on trading patterns. Um, so I'll, I'll post a lot of different trading patterns on my Twitter page uh, when I'm seeing those breakouts. And you know, a key something that's worked really well for me is those uh, breakout patterns and also to retest on the other side of those breakout patterns. So um, let's just say, you know, price is breaking out of a bull flag. Um, I like to see the candle close through that um, diagonal resistance line and then retest that diagonal structure and then retest that line, right? So those are going to be your um, highest probable entries. Um, getting in on that first breakout retest, um, those have those have proven to be uh, you know very very good to me. And over the course of the market, I've seen those play out many many times. Um, so I would say mainly um, for like you know tips to you know people who are you know trying to learn more about TA and you know try to get their you know feet you know down in the market is. Um, try to focus on the four hour, the daily, the four hour. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't really go down lower than a four hour time frame if, if you're um, just getting into the market, just because you know the the lower the time frame, the more volatile it is. So if you see a chart pattern on let's say a one hour chart, or even lower than a one hour chart, let's say you're on a fifteen minute or even doing second charts, you have to understand that you know what you're seeing is a set of data, right? So within these candlesticks is um, data, which is measuring the market sentiment, right? So this, the lower the time frame, you know, the less you're going to get up, the, the less of a breakout is going to be, or the less push behind it's going to be. Um, that's why focusing in on those, you know, four hour daily, uh, weekly time frames um, from the start is probably the best thing to do. And then as you get more experienced, um, you can start drawing down to like the one hour, uh, 15, and even under that if, you know, but you got to understand the risk, you know, because the number one, uh, number one rule in the game is to um, preserve your capital. Um, and, uh, you know, you see on Twitter a lot, you know, everybody's focused on, you know, making money. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to be able to stay in the game to be able to play the game again. You know, so 
perfect example is yesterday. You know, I'm sure there was it was a lot of pain in that capitulation event, um, but if you know you stick to your risk management risk management uh, tools and rules, you know, you're still able to play in this game. You know. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on the uh, time frames that you kind of look at. Could you share what type of indicators that you find to be the most beneficial? Yeah. Um, so a simple one um, that I like to use is the uh, moving averages. Um, I use a mix of different moving averages. I use the 10 uh, EMA, which is the exponential moving average, uh, the 50 EMA and the 200 EMA. Um, those are pretty much my bread and butter. Um, so I like to use those because they've proven to, um, you know, work for me a lot of the times. Um, and, you know, I can trade those on Bitcoin. I can trade them on all coins. Um, even if you look at it in, you know, the equity markets, you know, those are, you know, some general um, tools that you can use. Um, so the 10 AMA, that's important because, you know, that's going to show you, um, that faster moving average, which, uh, Bitcoin actually has been getting rejected from the 10, a 10 EMA, um, ever since, let's see, I'm looking back at the charts right now, um, May 10th, it looks like, right? So we just broke above. 10 EMA um, today around noon. We closed above it, right? So we just flipped above that 10 EMA, which is on a four hour. I'm looking at it on a four hour. Um, so that's a good sign to me um, because we flipped above that 10 EMA. Um, so the next um, EMA I will be targeting, which is going to be the uh, H4, which is the four hour 50 EMA. And that's sitting at about 45k um so i would say that's that's a basic uh strategy that you can use what what uh real quick what was the 200 ema so the 200 ema um that's that's pretty much your i would say your line in the sand ema yeah. like what um, was usually when you trade uh, wait say that again what was the price for the 200 EMA for Bitcoin? Uh, well, you look. It depends what time frame you're looking on. Um, if you're looking on the daily time frame, uh, we actually closed below that. Um, well, it was 30k. Now it bounced off the 200 EMA on this past dip. I was just wondering if you were looking at that over uh, this past dip. That's that's literally where it was 30k, and it bounced off that. Well, it depends. Are you looking at the EMA or are you looking at the MA? No, the EMA. The EMA? Yeah. Okay. So we did get that bounce, uh, but I'm looking at. Hold on one second. This is my charts. That uh, the bounce, of course, we're talking about. Um, was it yesterday? Yesterday morning, right when we hit like twenty nine nine seven five, um, and bounced up from there. Yeah, so, you know, we did get the bounce, but that bounce actually went a lot lower um, than the 200 EMA. Um, that actually went down to the 300 EMA, uh, but we closed above it, uh, which, 
that was, you know, good that we closed above that. Um, actually, you look back at, you know, the past times that Bitcoin made those uh, huge dips. Um, there was a few handful of times, um, but each time it closed above that 300 EMA um, and anywhere around that 200 EMA was a, a good buying opportunity. So um, that's why I actually added some some spot on Bitcoin since, you know, the first time since oof, around 4K. It's been a while because, you know, I've, I've been in Bitcoin for a while, but um, that dip, I had to uh, had to get in on Bitcoin on that dip. Uh, but like I said, um, right now I'm looking for, you know, us to clear above that, you know, 42K area and then retest that uh, 45 to uh, 48K area. That'll be the uh, next um, path that I'll be watching for. Do you ever um do you ever like look at MACD? I found uh, like combining mm-hmm. RSI and MACD is probably the the best indicator for like at least relative price movement. Um, and then obviously the EMAs are like good um good zones to pay attention to in terms of like next range down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I actually I look at I mainly key in on moving averages, the horizontal, and uh diagonal support resistance levels uh volume um i put a moving average on my volume um indicator as well to see if uh the volume is you know above normal or below normal uh, average volume um rsi track that also have moving averages i mean the macd i uh, look at that as well um on balance volume as well and then yeah, I also sure. have a, a stoke model that I look at as well. But um, just from like the basics that I would, you know, recommend, you know, because sometimes RSI might be a little confusing to people. Um, that's why I recommend it. You know, if you trade with those moving averages, it's a lot simpler um, for somebody who's a little bit newer, you know, because sometimes you're reading those like divergences is a little um, tough for people at first. But, you know, if you do, you know, understand how to read it, you know, um, that does give you a competitive advantage in the market. I think um, a really easy way to do it, like combining those two. So again, it's not just one or the other, because like, mm-hmm. well, first off in this space, TA is kind of bullshit. Um, but I mean, it does help um, in terms of like, like I said, relative price movement, like where we might be heading in the next 45. And then Pretty much, I've seen forty-five minutes is the time interval really that you'll get changes. Um, but combining those two for anyone that doesn't know how to use that, I mean, literally any platform that allows you to use think or swim, you just go to indicators, RSI, MACD. Um, I put clouds in there too sometimes just to just to kind of gauge where we're also going. We're off. VWAP is tight too, but again, it's not as useful. But when you combine like RSI, just relative strength index, the line that you're going to see, if it starts to go down and it crosses below the, the colored grid, it reaches oversold. Who's hitting the bomb? Nah, he's pulling he's up a brew, bro. <laughs> he's got the coffee going. That's <laughs> 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 really hit that shit. I'm going to hit one too. Um, but yeah, so I mean, dude, super explanation for anyone that's a beginner in, 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 in at least TA. RSI, since that little that line starts to go under the colored grid, starts oh, to go over. I have a question uh, for 
You, so you said you've studied a lot of different resources on TA and markets and stuff. I also find yeah. myself doing similar stuff. Over the years, what, what have you found to be the best resources? Like you said you took a paid course. Would you recommend paid courses or kind of try and just dig deep on YouTube and save money? Or did you find do you feel like you got the proper value out of paid courses? So I think it ultimately comes down to understanding, like, uh, yourself, right? So for me, you know, going through that, you know, paid course at first for that year, it just provided me, like, that structure, you know, to, you know, stay on top of it. Like, every week it was just something, you know, I had structure where, you know, at first I tried to do it myself, but, you know, I just kept getting, you know, distracted with just every everyday things in life, you know, and I kind of just kept having to like restart and catch back up to where I like last, you know, left that and then I would forget things. And then it was just like, I was lacking like that structure. So that was like the positive of it. But, you know, looking back at it, you know, I didn't necessarily, I don't, I don't think that anybody necessarily needs a pay group, you know, um, you can learn everything right on the internet for free. Um, but you know, it's just depends on like, you know, what your learning style is, you know? Um, I think that helped me, you know, set a base. Um, but then after that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like after I finished that class, it was like, you know, I was, you know, at the level of competence, you know, where I'm at right now, it was that, that, that like helped me, you know, get on my feet. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, oh, what, what all of the work. What resources did you find helpful? Like, so who are your favorite kind of YouTube teachers or um, Twitter, crypto Twitter people? I would say Crypto Cred. He he has like a really good series out there. It's free. Um, you know, like his horizontal um, support resistant flips. That's that's huge. Like understanding that. Um, the RSI, all of that stuff was key. Uh, I mean, he, he has a ton of good resources out there, uh, but also Cruz um, uh, AK, like I mentioned before, he has some free stuff out there as well. Um, and then, you know, not even that, you know, there's there's guys that, you know, I've, I became friends with on Twitter as well, but, you know, I've learned stuff from them too, you know. Um, like, I, get, I give, give a shout out to uh, my guy, uh, Jaquees, um on Twitter. I mean, I don't know if you guys know about him, but he does pretty good he uh he has some um some threads out there you know if you guys want to go through some of his threads you know he speaks about like some you know pretty high level stuff um like price voids for example which you know i i really didn't key in on that at first before you know i, I knew about like gaps stuff like that and then you know once i started understanding like how crypto works because crypto is 24 7 Right. So in a stock market, you know, you're, you're mainly playing with those gaps and, you know, price tends to fill those gaps. And we see that on like the CME charts. Um, but, you know, when you really start drilling down to like price voids, you know, you start seeing like different levels to key in on. Right. So, for example, when I'm looking at this Bitcoin chart, um, I'm, I'm going to pull it up real quick. There's a price void that we just saw on the daily down, right? So from 
to about 52000 there's a price for it right there, right? So I know, you know, as if, if there's, you know, big institutional players involved, they're going to try to bring that price right back up and fill that price for you, right? And if they're going to put a major pivot in a market, you know, they're going to they're gonna place their next big uh, shorts in that price window. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, keying in on that stuff as well, it's a little more high level. Uh, but, you know, like I said, if you want some resources, uh, DM me after. Um, I, I got a whole list of, uh, you know, different stuff. I mean, there's there's a ton of different stuff that helped me out. Uh, but like I said, crypto cred, um, that was a big help. Um, I would say Cruise AK was pretty good too. Uh, the rational investor that was good for me because it helped me, you know, just get a structure, um, get started, which you know gave me a lot of good base, you know, stuff like that. Um, Jim of all trades, that was like the the Elliott Wave guy. He has a whole bunch of free YouTube videos as well, um, so check him out on YouTube. Um, and then I, after that, I mean, you know, different websites such as I looked at different websites like BabyPips.com. Barcharts.com, stockcharts.com. Um, and then I, I read books too, you know. So there's a couple books that I've went through that helped me um, understand like price, price analysis, um, uh, volume trading, and all that stuff too. So, you know, if you guys want to know that, um, let me know. Hell yeah. We have a, we have a lot of be- like beginners that listen to this space. Um, could you go could into you, some of those books real quick? Sorry. Just to get it. Sure. Yeah, so some of the books, uh, is the first one is called A Complete Guide to Volume Price Analysis. And that's by Anna Cooling. Cowling? Oh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, that's, a good, that's a good book for understanding how uh, volume um, affects the price. And also, it shows it's a good book of understanding, you know, how the market makers and when I say market makers, that's the people who are, you know, pushing the price, um, how they, you know, put the signs in a market that, you know, they're going to keep driving the price up or if it's a fake out, you know, so, you know, you can kind of tell that based off of, you know, the volume and the price as well, because volume and price is, you know, one of the most two important um, things to key in on trading. Uh, the second book would be Super Trader, and that's by Van K. Thorpe. Um, this goes more into like the psychology of trading um, and like understanding yourself and, you know, finding a system that like works for you. Um, you know, in the book, it has like different questions of like, he asks you, like, you know, different ways to like look at the market like how you have it do you have a system um how to put a system in place um you know some of the things that you know people don't think about you know everybody's trying to make a quick dollar but you know um trading is a business at the end of the day you know um you have to have some rules you have to stick to your rules and you know you got to have a system so that's that's good for you know setting up a system. Um, the next book would be 
um, Trading Technical Analysis Masterclass. And that's by Rolf um, Schultzman or something. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's called Trading Technical Analysis Masterclass. Um, that's good for reading the uh, Japanese candlesticks. Um, so I do read those candlesticks as well. Um, it's a little bit more high level and it might not make sense at first when you're uh, first, you know, trying to read those candlesticks, but you know, those candlesticks do um, say a lot about the sentiment of the market. And yeah, I'll second, able- that, I'll second that too, by the way, those are probably one of the biggest assets you can have as a trader is understanding candles. Yeah. Yeah, the huge, dojis. Huge. You're, you're talking about the dojis and the bodies, right? So. Yeah, yeah. The doji candles, you know, you got um, the bullish engulfings are huge. Um, so, you know, even if you, you know, if you guys don't want to go like through the whole book and you, you know, you want something basic, um, if you just Google like two bar pattern reversals or three bar pattern reversals, um, you'll 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 see a lot of you know examples pop up and. You know, the main key is understanding those um, those reversal signals, right? Um, so if you get a, you know, I don't want to get too technical because I might lose you guys, but um, you know, when you see these three B, you know, three bar pattern reversals um, or those bullish engulfing, you know, reversals, you know, those are huge um, signals in the market. You know that a reversal is, you know is coming or, you know, a trend changes on a way. So being able to identify that as a trader or, you know, an investor is, is key. Um, and then another book I would say as well is, uh, market wizards. And that's by, uh, Jack D swagger. Um, and that's the, the one interview with top traders. Um, I actually got the audio book of it. Um, and I think the audiobook's awesome, to be honest. And, you know, sometimes I'll just play it just to, you know, hear, you know, what the top traders, you know, have to say, you know. Even though that happened in the past, you know, it's it's all the same stuff that's happening in the market, you know. Um, everything that happened in this market, even in Bitcoin, it's happened in the past at some point. Um, and, you know, the saying that they say, you know, History doesn't repeat, but it often um, rhymes, you know. So, you know, understanding, you know, what other successful traders did to get to where they are um, and, you know, the different obstacles they uh, faced and had to overcome, um, those are key, you know. And even as, like, a top trader and like a successful trader, you know, you're going to have those days when you have those drawdowns. Like, um, even myself, like, I, I've had a – a very successful uh, year. Um, I want to get into numbers, but I have had a very successful year, but uh, that doesn't mean I I haven't had any drawdowns, you know. Um, I've had drawdowns, and, you know, you have to understand, you know, you got to be able to preserve capital, stay in the game, and look for the next best opportunity. Um, That's that's the key, you know, because there's always going to be another opportunity to capitalize on. and also another key I would say too is uh, when you know things are going bad, have a plan. This way you can execute that plan because you know the worst thing you could do is not have a plan when shit hits the fan. Any other questions? 
Yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna say there's a couple other books, man. Um, that that's what I do is technical analysis. Mm-hmm. So you got Brian Shannon. So I'm part of the Charter Me- um, Charter Market Technician the Association, the CMT. So some of uh, the members that have been uh, longer than I have been associated with that uh, association. They wrote a few books uh, on you know understanding charts, especially uh, the charts that use dojis or the candlesticks. That, like like you said, that actually is one of the most accurate ways to understand what the price action was doing in that basically the time frame of that candlestick. So Walter Deemer is a name, uh, it's spelled D-E-E-M-E-R. Okay. Yeah, Brian Shannon, um, a lot of people that have the CMT after them, okay, that, that's what we do. It's not 100%. Um, I've tried to share a couple things with you, Connor, on chart patterns. Um, I don't mind trying to share the books like from our curriculum that we have, but it's like over 1,800 pages. So it's a lot of material, but if you want to study it, you know, on your own time, I don't mind sharing the digital versions. So... Okay, so I, I, we have a curriculum, okay? So Wiley and Sons is a well-known publisher, okay? And we, we have a curriculum that we study and then we take our test. Or our, again? The CMT. So basically uh, until you, yeah. yeah, so you have three different levels of it. It's, it, it's owned actually by the CFA Institute. Um, so it's a lot of material. If, if you want like, to, to me, where I found the best resources on understanding charts, I believe the person, I don't know where he went, but um, he did have a lot of good suggestions. You want to watch where you get stuff on YouTube. Some people, they'll say something, okay, but they really don't know what they're saying. Understanding the dojis, the, the patterns come after, whether it be like... The one you don't want is, is a dragonfly doji. So that's basically like a skinny red body on the top of the entire wick. And those usually don't end good. You, you got like the three uh, black crows. There's a three dojis basically that have bodies that are red and con- um, they're consecutive. Uh, so a lot of it just takes practice, man. But I, I don't mind sharing some of that w- with anybody. It's just until you understand what the doji is and what the open and close and how to like understand that or interpret that from a doji. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I've never really looked at too much TA or, or tried to learn TA off of videos. Um, because like I said, I, I've, I've, been told there's some people that have TA on there and they don't know what they're talking about. Now, um, the gentleman that you guys just had on here, he mentioned stockcharts.com. Those people 
they're, they're, they're chief market strategist. He is a CMT. He's a really good guy, uh, David Keller. You can look up his um, you can look up his handle uh, on Twitter. He's really good at, at kind of going through charts. On they they we've started. I, I should say we've started, but the the more seasoned CMTs have started also charting the uh, the crypto currencies. So to answer your question, it's it's kind of hit or miss, man. You, you have StockCharts.com. Um, you have All-Star Charts, okay? That, that's another CMT. And I'm not saying it just because they're CMTs. It's because they have taken the required coursework that is actually uh, acknowledged by the SEC, okay? Um, that signifies that person understands and, and has full comprehension. And they usually have at least three years of work experience. After you even pass the three levels of, of uh, the CMT, the testing. So, yeah, I don't mind sharing books with you. He, he really mentioned a really good one, uh, Market Wizards uh, by uh, Swagger or Swagger. Um, that guy's really sharp. I, I do have a few books um, downloaded on my uh, on my Dropbox, man. If, if you shoot me over your email. I can uh, I can share my Dropbox with you, man. So if, if anybody wants that, uh, if you just send me your email address, um, I, I can share the files with you. I just didn't know people want to learn. <laughs> I will also uh, send people some resources as well. Um, if you guys got any questions, uh, send me a DM. Uh, if you guys need those resources, uh, I'll... I'll send them out to you or send you to the right direction, all right? Well, this episode's being recorded, so all your suggestions have been recorded, so anyone forgets. I shared the CryptoCred, uh, some the basic stuff. This episode on YouTube, just rewatch the things these people have suggested if you forget something you mentioned, like certain websites or accounts or whatever. I had a, uh, I had a question about Crypto, T. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Oh, sorry. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, I was just going to say, like, would it be possible if we went through kind of like a live chart, like right now? Like one of the ones that I'm looking at that looks like kind of interesting is the link ETH pair. Um, I just want yeah, to let me, let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, the. I'm not sure on which exchange is the best one. I just have Binance pulled up on the daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the time frame on the uh, candles, buddy? Is it like a five-minute candle? Yeah, daily. Okay, so it's, so it's daily candles. Yeah. So you're looking at the daily candle, you're saying? Hold on, guys. Can we can we let Big Crypto talk? What 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 time frame are you looking at? So I'm looking on the daily. The daily? Okay. All right, I'm up. So what was the question you asked? Yeah, so, um, and if anybody wants to follow along, uh, like Connor was saying, I'm, I'm on tradingview.com. You can just type in link ETH um, in the search bar, and it'll pull up, and you can look for the Binance. Um, so I guess my question was, I was a little surprised by how how much this pair has, like, uh, bled. I thought the thought maybe the bottom would have been, like, in January-ish. So, 
do you believe that maybe the bottom is printing right here and we may see like an Adam and Eve style reversal in the larger time frame play out from this point? Because I think I have the the lowest level of support that it'll touch or well, I mean what it could touch I think would be like uh, 0.00968. Um, that seems to be a level of support. Hold on one second. I'm just going to get my levels up real quick. So you're looking at what level again? Point zero. Yeah, so I see it looks like there's a pretty good level of support around point zero zero nine four. That's a good support level too. So let me just scroll over. I'm trying to get this chart set up. So the point zero zero nine five area, that is a, a good support area. Um, also what I'm looking at is if you uh, switch to like the three day chart, you do see that um, there is some bullish divergence forming um, on a three day chart as well. So it looks like there could be a trend change um, on the way um, soon. Um, but, you know, the next thing I would look at would be for, you know, a diagonal um, trend trend break, right? So if that were to occur, um, price would have to get above, let's see, I'll be looking for it to flip the next uh, resistance level, which that comes in around, uh, 0.014015 roughly, right? So that's, that's the key area that I would put on a chart, um, to get above, uh, if it gets above that, you know, there's confluence there, uh, with the diagonal and also the horizontal, um, that area right around the 0 0.014, 0 0.015 area. So if we get that breakout, then, um, that's, that's, that's really good. Um, you know, I'll be looking for a link to run up the test at 0 0.029, um, to that 0 0.023, uh, level. So do you, uh, do you kind of think that the bottom is kind of looking in, uh, because I'm looking on, on the weekly as well. And I see the, mm -hmm. the uh, RSI is looking, um, a little bottom within that range. Yeah. Uh, and also the MACD as well. Yeah, exactly. So, like, from what I'm seeing, it looks like, you know, the trend change is actually starting to occur. Um, and what could play out, it could be, you know, a, a falling wedge pattern. Um, it looks like, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to form that, like, falling wedge pattern. Um, and you do have that three-day, you know, bullish divergence forming on RSI, which, which is huge, you know, so, you know, if you can, if, if price can get above that 0 0.014 area, um, that would be huge. And, you know, I'll be looking for the price to run up towards, let's see, 
should be able to retest even as high as that 0.035 area, which that's the original market structure breakdown level, right? So if you if you go up and see, you know, price was at 0.046, came down, started forming that M formation, which is that double top formation. And then when it got the breakdown, it came back up, retested that 0.035 area. And then that's when, you know, we saw the flush down all the way down towards, uh, was it 0.01, right? So, you know, if we get a breakout, you know, of that fallen wedge breakout pattern, you know, I would be looking for it to touch up to that market structure break line. So, actually, I want to ask Chase you a question real quick. Why on, do you have like a preference? Is that why you're looking at the link ETH pairing? Um, I'm just curious, like, why you would look at that. I assume you're looking for the breakout on link. Um, like, why would you use link ETH pairing versus like charting off link USD pairing? Yeah. So, well, a bit, a big portion of my trades. Uh, so I had like previous stacks of Ethereum, and I've been moving it into link. And so I figured since I'm using Ethereum as the denominator. I should chart in Ethereum to, uh, to like those. There you got it. No, okay. I was wondering if that if that's what it was. So like, um, I'll do like the same thing like off USDT sometimes, um, but it may be more beneficial to honestly just consistently do it off like USDT or USDC or USD because the fluctuation of of two assets may skew your charting sometimes. Um, not always, but. Because, like, if, if for some reason Link rips, right, like, at this very second, if, like, Sergey comes and says, all right, staking's here, and Link rips, like, any sort of TA based on an e a Link-ETH pair will kind of just be, like, blown out. Um, though, that would happen anyway, any pairing, but I think you get my point. No, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that insight. Like, and for the record, like, I don't, I don't really do too much swing trading. Um, I just kind of try to chart these at a higher macro uh time frame to just try to get an idea of where the market's heading um but i appreciate that well one thing that i have to say about the if chart uh if you look into one of the big big uh drop like pumps that we had with ada i like i don't like ada but the ada if chart in the beginning of the year because of the historical price of ada and if go back a long time they were screaming a, a gigantic pump. You know, if you go back and look at this chart, the first time that ADA pumped from like 80 cents to $1.50, although ADA ETH chart was very clear. Like was, if you were like watching that chart, you could have made a, a huge trade. Gotcha. Yeah, because in theory, right? Like if it's on that pair, like say, you know, ADA is set to break out on the ETH pair, it's probably going to break out extremely hard on the USD or USDT pair. Is that right? Yeah, and there was definitely that the big crypto was talking about the volume gap. There was a gigantic gap, you know, from some certain levels. So it was kind of clear. I mean, I was accompanying someone at the, web, the, the, the YouTube channel, I think it's called In, Into the Cryptoverse. And he was watching that, that chart very carefully. And I started watching that chart and uh, 
thankfully I, I took the, the trade because it was a wonderful, you know, pump. Uh, Nick, I think you had a question, right? Yeah, that, I had a question for Big Crypto. Uh, he was talking about like long time he didn't get into to um, Bitcoin is the spot. The last time was 4K, right? Yeah. Um, do you have a reason for that? Like, do you prefer trading the altcoins right now? Like, you think it's better? What's your opinion on Bitcoin and altcoins, like in general, right now? Uh, so yeah, like definitely. Um, back when I got my spot exposure, um, I got in around four four k. I bought up. I was buying all the way up to about ten k, and then you know at that point, you know I just was focusing mainly on altcoins. Um, but you know I also the way I trade is I like to key in on the uh, Bitcoin dominance charts. Um, so. You know, that's that's kind of one of the proxies I use, um, along with also Ethereum BTC charts. Um, those are like two main proxies I use to determine whether or not I want to stay denominated more in Bitcoin or I want to be risk on and, and uh, altcoins, right? So, perfect example, um, when we saw that pivot come in around January, I actually traded out a, a good proportion of my long-term Bitcoin stack into altcoins um, because the thing I was keying in on was that we had a swing, a swing fell pivot on a dominance chart, and we had that three-bar pattern reversal, um, what I was talking about before with the uh, candlestick charts. Um, we had a, you know, a huge wake up, which, you know, we had a swing fell pivot, right? It went over the previous high and failed. And then we had that previous weekly close um, below the last week's low. So that was a huge signal for me that, you know, it's time to, you know, go risk on and put some of that money, uh, Bitcoin money into all coins, um, which turned out to be uh, very well. Um, what I think we're seeing right now is a way for pullback on a Bitcoin dominance chart because um, we just saw a three wave down and the way I can, you know, determine that is uh, also another um, simple trick for you guys to use. Um, if you guys have trading view, um, definitely check out the trend based FIB extension tool, right? So if you, you know, draw the major points, um, so if you guys go to the Bitcoin dominance chart and if you draw that top, if you measure from the top point, which was, uh, I'm looking at the weekly chart, right? December um, 28th, 2020, that's your, your your starting point, right? Then to put the second point down by, it would be February 8th, 2021. And then put the next point towards February 22nd, 2021, right? That's going to give you um, the target levels, right? So what I'm looking for when I draw these uh, FIB extension tool targets is, is price going to go past the 1.618? Because if it does, that means that that's an impulse wave down, right? So 
you know, I'm not a Ellie Wave, you know, master um, mind, but, you know, those are simple things that you can follow. If, if price is going 1.6 hits the 1.618, that means that price is moving in an impulsive wave. And, you know, the main thing to understand in the market is that the market usually work, the market usually moves in threes and fives. So it's usually an impulse wave, which is a five wave move, which that's what we saw. You know, we just saw that three wave move. It went past the 1.618 and then we saw a dominance tag, you know, 40%. Um, and that's also in confluence with the weekly support level um, that I had drawn up. Now we just had that huge spike, which, you know, that just came back to, if you draw the FIB retracement area, that came back to the 0.26, which I use that as like my, uh, my first stop level to uh, like look for. It's pretty much a dead cap balance area. Um, dead cap balance areas usually, they jump to the 0.26 um, to the 0.382, which those are FIB. Um, retracement um, areas. So we saw that, right? Um, so now that it moved to the 1.618 below that, I'm looking for a four wave move up, which, you know, we're getting that now. And then I'm looking for that fifth wave drive down, right? And, you know, I think that we could target, you know, probably as low as the 20s, 25, 26, maybe even lower to 20% um, Bitcoin dominance. So, you know, right now I'm still in alts. Um, I'm not going to change, um, you know, I'm not going to change my position unless I see a major, you know, bottoming formation happen. And if we get an impulse wave up, then I'll definitely, you know, start to exit my positions. But, you know, right now I definitely think alts is uh, outperforming Bitcoin. Just, and, just uh, one thing. Um, you have eight waves in the Elliott wave cycle. You have five impulse and then three corrective ABC. Yeah. Your first, your first uh, fib level is actually 0.236, then 0.382, and 0.500. If you want to go to the three decimal places, um, just just so you know, I, I think you know what you're saying, but um, you just left out a couple things. Which which chart are you looking at? You're looking at a specific chart? No, I'm saying in general, buddy. Uh, the Fibonacci uh, numbers, right? Uh, they're 0, uh, 23.6, 38.2, 50. Um, and then you have the, obviously, the golden ratio that a lot of people know is the 1.618. So just to, just to make sure that we're on the same page. So you were just saying that there's more levels? Uh, you said 0.26. I, I think you meant 0.236. Oh, I thought I Yeah, you, you know what you're saying, buddy. But no, you're good. You're good, man. I, I just know you, you definitely know what you're saying, but you just left out something because I, I don't want to sit there and see somebody that actually knows what they're saying um, not be relevant, man. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, the 0.236 to the 0.382. That's that's the area that I was saying is your that's your dead dead balance area, right? So I'm looking at that right now um, on a Bitcoin chart. And actually, if you guys go to my page, uh, I do have that pinned. Um, I posted on May 12th um, the dominant chart, and 
you know, we did get that balance right now. We're getting that wave four pullback. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm expecting that five, that fifth wave to come in and to get that next uh, wave down. Um, so, you know, under like I said, like understanding the Elliott waves is another, you know, thing that I think everybody should try to understand at least uh, to some extent, you know, you know, you don't got to go crazy with it, but, you know, at least understanding, you know, those fib extensions and also those fib retracement areas um, and understanding how that lines up with, you know, different horizontal resistance and support levels will definitely um, help you out and help you figure out, you know, what the ultimate price movement is in the market. Are there any uh, particular altcoins right now that are looking pretty primed for a breakout that you could share with the chat? Any uh, hidden gems? Uh, well, uh, hidden gems. Well, well, you know, we just saw that huge uh, capitulation uh, yesterday. So, you know, most most alt setups got completely uh, obliterated. Um, but you know, it was pretty much yesterday was. An investing opportunity, I would say, you know, and like I, I posted the other day is, you know, you're going to see all to run, you know, 20, 30, 40% after those corrections, which we just saw um, today. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I got in on a few yesterday, like I uh, said earlier. Um, but, you know, off the top of my head right now, I could look at some charts to see if I see anything. Uh, let me see. Uh, as a compliment question, um, you're going to take, let's say you want to get out of alts, you're going to take the profits into BTC or USD. Are you like looking for holding some kind of thing long term? Do you like some projects long term? Yeah, so actually I hold uh, 50% long term and I do 50% in my trading portfolio. Um, I base my long term more on fundamentals. You know, I, I want to know, you know, what is the use case for whatever I'm holding? Um, when I'm trading something, it's, you know, fundamentals are less important um, because, you know, you can have, uh, you know, terrible fundamentals. Um, but if the technicals are lining up a certain way, um, those charts could still pump. You oh, definitely. Ethereum Classic is a proof of it, of that. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, you know, if, if something has a narrative, you know, I, I want this is the thing, like, if you show me the charts, I can tell you the news, you know, it's, it's kind of like that, that aspect of it, you know, because once you see, like, once you've been in this game for a while, you, you kind of see, like, these patterns play out over and over and over. So, you know, by you guys trying to understand, like, you know, how these chart patterns work, you know, it's only going to set you up to be more successful um, trading um, and investing, like, in your career. Um, but back to that uh, previous question, uh, what I'm looking at right now, actually, it looks like um, API 3. Um, it just broke out of the uh, downtrend line. Um, but it broke out on a lot of volume, but it left the price void in there. Right. So, you know, it, it could get a possible retest. So the next thing I will be looking for is it to retest um, the trend line um, and turn that, you know, diagonal resistance into diagonal support. And then I would want it to see, I want to see the price get above 
that seven dollar and eighty eight cents range form a base, um, that would be uh, positive for um, API three. So that's something that I'm looking at actually right now. Uh, but like I said, it's up. It, it just pumped thirty one percent. So you know, this is not the time to uh, go jumping in. Um, you know, but it's something I'm looking at because you know, if price closes um, above uh, six dollars and forty one cents, um, I would be looking to you know get in maybe on a retest of that trend channel. Um, but you know, I always like to look for um, closes above any um, trend channel or breakout. Uh, pattern, uh, because, you know, confirmation is key, right? So perfect example of that, um, you know, yesterday I posted um, a room chart, right? Uh, Thorchain, right? Thorchain USD, right? Um, there's a chart pattern called a um, rising wedge pattern. You know, typically this is a, bull, uh, a bearish pattern, right? Um, you know, usually 66% of the time, um, this pattern is going to drop, but when you do see uh, a breakout above, an upside breakout of those um, chart patterns, um, they move very fast, very quick, and it could be a very good trade, right? So perfect example yesterday, I saw price breaking above that, you know, um, upper diagonal resistance line. Um, but then I was saying to myself, you know, I'm, I'm not getting in it until it closes above, retest, and then I'll get in, right? Because it's just too much, too much risk to put on the table. And as you can see, you know, there was no confirmation. It it turned out to be a wick above, and then you had that huge drive down, which you know, if, if you're in that trade and you, you jumped in, you know, I mean, this doesn't happen every day because we just saw a huge capitulation event yesterday, but it, it went down 50%, you know, very quick, you know, if you're, if you have stops in place, you know, you would got stopped out, but you know, if you would have not had stops in, you know, you're looking at a 55% drawdown. But now if you look at the Ethereum chart, right, you know, we had the same thing happen on Ethereum. And I also posted that as well. I'm just going to draw it up real quick. All right. So, when price broke above the $3,650 area, um, it was breaking out of a rising wedge pattern again, right? Typically, typically bearish, but when it does break out, it breaks out very violently, right? So we saw that breakout and that breakout target um, took us, the breakout measured move takes us to about 4250 4300 roughly right and the um the peak of ethereum was uh 40 4385 you know so you know you're, you're within one percent to two percent of catching the top right but you know we also did see the volatility come in right it, it broke above that and then it retested that right so that retest of that rising wedge pattern that's where your, you know, advanced traders and your institutions or whoever you want to call it, you know, that's where they're loading up their position because, you know, they're getting that retest above. You got the confirmation close through the line, through the diagonal resistance, come back, retest the top of that, 
and then bam, it shoots up, you know, really quick. And then, you know, you get a 17%, you know, upside on Ethereum, you know? So those are things that I look at. Um, and, you know, those are things that I think everybody should try to understand and try to, you know, cause that, that's, that's how you can take your trade into uh, the next level is, you know, seeing those chart patterns, um, you know, but it takes time, you know, cause you know, I, I'll talk to people sometimes and I'll say, you know, can you see this? And they're like, I don't see anything. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, now, nah, and I'll draw it up and then they'll say, Oh, okay. I see it now. But you know, it's just doing it over and over and over, you know, cause repetition, um, you know, that's, that's what, that's how you get good at anything. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I have a question about uh, how you calculate your exits on a loss. Like, for example, anyone who, including myself, who took a trade, like, last week held the pump and then didn't cash out on the pump and then rode down to probably, like, maybe 20. Anywhere from 50 to, like, I don't know, we saw 70% increase decreases, right? Like, how do you calculate when you start to decide to size out or what's uh, trying to identify like a dead cat bounce versus this is recovering or like, how, yeah, when do you, how and when do you start calculating when you're wrong and when to cut your loss? So personally, I guess. So, I mean, I look at different swing levels, right? So, um, you know, before I get into the trade, I try to have an validation level. Um, and if it takes out that swing, that key swing area underneath, um, that's that's an area that obviously I'm going to have a stop in so I don't get, you know, flushed out the market because then that means my uh, trade idea is wrong if it's uh, stopping me out. So I don't want to stay in that trade. Um, but also, you know, if I'm not using a stop, you know, there's, you know, different strategies that you can use. Like, you know, you don't have, like, for example, you know, let's just say, you know, you didn't have a stop on and the Bitcoin crashed, right? And, you know, you know, you don't want to sell. You don't want to sell in that panic because, you know, you're selling that panic. You know, you're, you're down 35, 45, you know, percent. You know, yeah, I guess there's always going to before we get too deep. I think uh, I, you misunderstood me. Like more people who like retail entering spot too high. I've like seen a lot of people like not necessarily like when to exit like a trade, right? But more like when your entry's totally wrong or when you should just be like a bag holder, right? Like people like gambling in the alt market. Like, some people are just buying straight-up scams, right? And they just assume that if you bag hold, like, yeah, I guess more, like, specific for spot exits, right? Because it'd be a little different. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, major mainly it's, like, finding, you know, what is, like, for me, I look at the wave, um, you know, the wave movements. Like, like I said, I look for the three three-wave movements, five-wave movements. I'm also looking at, you know, where's where's the next, you know, swing, like local uh, pivot area, you know, the swing high, swing low, you know. So those are the key areas I'm looking for. Um, you know, setting that risk level, I mean, that's going to be up to every individual person. You know, everybody's risk level is um, a lot different, you know. 
you know, if you're being very aggressive on a trade, then you, you probably want to um, stay only in that trade until, you know, it gets the next local um, low is taken out because, you know, if you got a lot on the table, it's probably not best to, you know, stay in that trade if it goes under the, the previous low. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it, 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 I understand what you're saying, but like, it's not one direct answer I could give you because it depends on what the market's showing me. Cause for example, like, let's say, you know, we're in a ranging market, right? I, I guess and the, it, we I get stopped. A lot of beginners and like people who just bought crypto, like in 2021, have like called me this week asking like mm-hmm. what's going on. What, what, like. I, how would you put this to a beginner? Like, when do they realize they're wrong, or when do you calculate? Like, how do you calculate being right versus wrong? I guess, I think that's a concept that not, a lot of people aren't doing right now. I don't think. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I guess less personal answer, but just like the basics of how like quote unquote professionals set up the fundamentals of their trade. I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, it's, that's kind of a harder question to answer because it really depends on, you know, I don't know what level a person gets in on. Um, but, you know, for me personally, you know, I try to minimize, you know, any of my losses. Um, I don't, I try not to go more than 5% in my overall portfolio down at any point in the trade, right? So, you know, let's just say, you know, I'm using 10% of my trading portfolio, right? And I don't want to risk more than 5% in the market. You know, I'm not, I don't want to go under 50%. You know, 5%, that's a huge percentage. You know, like you can limit that down to 0.5 of a percent, 0.25% of a percent. Like it ultimately depends on, you know, your risk level, the amount of money you have invested in the market as well. Um, you know, and those stops, you know, you, you need to have some level of an invalidation point. Um, but that's going to change, you know, it, it depends. That invalidation point is going to depend on what you're in. And it also depends on if you're in a ranging market or if you're in an uptrend market. If you're in an uptrend market and, you know, the previous uh, swing low gets taken out, you know, that's probably not a good thing um, for you to stay in that trade. Um, if you're in a ranging market, and it's, you know, you're in an accumulation phase and, you know, you see that that wick down that takes out, you know, the previous low, but that's the range, the range low. And then it, it, it you know, spikes back up and closes above, you know, you just got a, a swing fill pivot. So, you know, you're that's that's good, you know, so you would stay in that tree, you know. So I guess going back to your question, like how to know when to get out for, you know, the basic person, you know. It really, you know, that person will have to determine, you know, hopefully they're not going into it, not knowing anything, because, you know, if you don't know anything, you're just gambling, you know, you need to have some basis of, you know, when you should get out, you know, so regardless of, you know, if you're, if you're new, or, you know, if you've been doing this for a while, you need to have some level of an invalidation point or try to understand, you know, you, you got to limit your portfolio. You got to manage your risk, right? So if you're just shooting from the hip, you know, you better have like, you better be like, all right, if I lose 5% or 10%, you know, 
I'm going to stay out and I'm going to tether up or, or do whatever I need to do because you just can't let yourself get stuck in that position where, you know, you're down 10%, you're down 20%, now you're down 40%, now you're, you're bag holding all the way down to 80%. Now, let's say you had 100 grand, you know, you're down 80%, now you're down to 20 grand. Like, you, you just can't get stuck in that mindset. And I feel like, you know, it's hard for people to not do that because the primal instinct of humans is to like, they don't want to be wrong. Um, but you, you kind of have to, you have to fight against that primal instinct and understand that there's always another trade that's going to be a better, um, opportunity. Um, so it's just kind of just like understanding, like you better cut your, cut your losses quicker and hold your winners longer, you know? Yeah. So I would, Sorry, the question was painful, oh, oh. but that was trying what I was trying to get out of you because we get a lot of messages on the chill days of people trading with their whole portfolio or like just not using stop losses or not having their risk management properly calculated. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. so, sorry if it, it, it was painful to get there, but that was what I was trying to get you to preach to people. So I appreciate it. Um, break crypto. You personally, for example, you're talking about like ascending wedge. And you measure the movement, the targets. After you reach that price target, do you exit your whole position, or you wait for invalidation points for like, or you exit partially? What usually do you like to do? So, you know, though when I'm doing that, I'm usually trading, right? So, you know, I have my targets set. So, for example, um, the last trade that I did that on was uh, Matic, well, Polygon. Um, I actually did exit that trade fully, but I got into Matic at four cents. Um, and then I kind of sold 10%, um, different doubles coming up. I just sold a little bit, sold a little bit, sold a little bit. And, you know, once it went up to, it went over like $2 and 50 cents, which was, you know, one of my upside targets. Cause I drew the, the FIB extensions to the two, six, one, eight. And that was around $2 and 50 cents. Um, once, once it went over there, you know, I, I just, I got straight on my computer and then I started drilling down to those lower time frames, and I started tracking it on a 15 second and, you know, on a 15 second chart, I was seeing that same pattern happen, which is the rising wedge pattern. But, you know, you got to understand when you're tracking it on like those smaller time frames, it's moving a lot faster than it does on those larger time oh, frames. Oh, that's one, I saw the same pattern actually happen. It was a rising wedge pattern. I measured the target and I got out at like 260. And I forget what the top is. It might have went up to like 267, 270, whatever. But then it crashed after that. So you know, I was I was pretty happy about that trade. But I actually, yeah, if, if I see if I see those rising wedge patterns happen and an upside breakout and that measure move is hit, I'm taking I'm taking my profits because you know at that point, I mean, what am I gonna you know? Perfect. Am I, I going to risk a lot for, you know, an extra 5%, 10%? I already made, you know, a bulk of the money, you know, take take the money and stack that and wait for another opportunity and, you know, recycle. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the name of the game. Yo, I got a question Perfect. for you. Okay, so I'm an engineer by background, and I got a stack of books sitting here about TA and investing and all this kind of stuff. And I'm kind of scratching my head going like, I don't think I can really commit the time to 
like I, I actually have a lot of respect for what you did because you really just went all in on this thing, you know, and like really like mastered a skill. And I'm kind of like more interested personally in building things, but I'm also buying and trading a little bit. So like I'm developing some skills, but I, I'm clearly missing some things here and there. I'm I'm definitely winning on the year so far, but it's been it's been a bit bumpy. Like where would you suggest like looking at time frames? So specifically, like, you know, I'm looking for something where I can jump in and look at charts for like an hour a day, a couple hours a day, make some like, you know, most of the time just leave it alone, but not miss big moves, if you know what I mean. So I would be focusing probably mainly on the four hour to the daily. Um if you only have like an hour or two hours a day, four hours to the daily, it's just something that you probably should be focusing on because like I said, those bigger chart, I mean, those higher time frames, um, they take longer for them to play out. Like, so yeah. if you start drilling down to the lower time frames, like I was doing to the 15 seconds, those happen like at the second, you know what I mean? So those are going to be a lot quicker, but if you only have an hour, at least if you are looking at the, if you, you know, see the daily, you know, Every Sunday, at least, you know, look at the weekly, see what the weekly open is, the weekly closes, what are the weekly demand levels, you know, draw those demand levels out, right? And what yeah. I mean by that is, you know, the candle closes, right? So you want to look at where the weekly candle closes, where they open up at, um, and you want to see where price bounced at uh, previously on the weekly um, demand levels, right? So you want to key in on those areas. Um, and then you want to look at the daily and the four hour, right? That so that, just avoid everything kind of under that I for the most part. Want, unless you got the time to, you know, be looking at it all the time. I, I really wouldn't drill down past the four hour. I mean, if you really want to, you can look at the one hour just to get like more of a structure of kind of like what's really happening, like in a short term. Uh-huh. But you know. Sticking probably to that four hour would probably be best for you because you know if you don't have the time to keep looking at the charts, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're really gambling. Yeah, I'm looking at it like I'm probably I'm like I'm definitely trying to research this, but there's a whole lot of skills as you alluded to. I mean, it's not just TA; it's also sort of like risk management, portfolio design, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I'm like, I'm going through my material that I'm reading and that's taking some time every day. And I'm thinking I'm going to do like in the morning and in the evening, like for an hour each, you know, um, something like that. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, I keep, I definitely, I'm guilty of that. Like, you know, you get in the zone and you're like, you know what, I'm going to trade. And then you're like down on like the minute, you know, and then you're like, fuck, what am I doing? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I understand, you know, like. And and I've I've been where you were, you know, like I like there's times when you know I started I didn't know anything, you know, and you know as long as you know you you're staying at it and you know you you have that ambition to learn, you know, you're gonna learn a lot in the market. And, you know, I'm I'm still learning more stuff every day, you know, like and I hope I don't you know stop learning because you know there's always something out there to learn, and you know if you stop learning, you know you start going downwards, you know. So keep keep that hunger, you know, keep going at it, you know, and. Like I said, you know, if you don't have the time, I'll be at least tracking that four hour daily and every every weekly close. Make sure you have those key areas that you're keying in on because um, typically that's what you're going to need. Right. So, for example, like 
you want to understand where the weekly close is because if price is trading over the prior weekly close, that means um, there's more bullish sentiment, right? Mm. If price is trading under the previous weekly close, that means the price sentiment is bearish, right? So you want to at least understand like the, 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 the psychological aspects of the market, right? And everything that we just saw yesterday that's a perfect example um, to you guys to understand also as well, like the fear and the greed aspects of it, the, the psychological aspects of it. Right. So like for me, like, you know, I have positions that, you know, got caught underwater, underwater yesterday, but I wasn't really worried about it because I understand the dynamics of the market. Right. I understand, you know, when you get those capitulation bottoms, you're going to get that huge, automatic reaction that buying volume that we just saw right so think about if you know you would have sold at thirty thousand dollars just to see the price go up to forty one forty two thousand dollars the next day you'd be pissed off right but having that experience to know that you know that is extreme extreme fear you know same thing is like um when coins go to the roof you know like when i saw matic shoot up from you know seven it was like 70 cents at the lows, you know, prior week, and then it shot up to 260, I'm getting out, you know, because I'm getting out at the top because I see the extreme, and also that's the sentiment of the market. You know, you have to understand that. So also for you too, another big key is um, that I mentioned before is that trend, um, that trend extension Fib tool. Just play around with it, right? So oh yeah, yeah, I spent way too much time looking at that right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just play for me, with it, you know. It's, it's, it's for me, really it's learning good. to trust it. For me, it's learning to trust it. Like I set something up yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, I think it's gonna do this," and then I just didn't listen to the chart, and then it did exactly what the chart said. So that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So you know, that's another thing, right? So you just hit it on now. Like you're gonna see some things on a chart, right? Like when you see those one point six one eight. Um, levels hit, you know, usually that means there's going to be another downside, you know, there's going to be another retest in that area, right? So price is mm -hmm. going to usually go back in that area because usually you're getting that wave four pullback, right? After that 1.618 tag. Um, yeah. But also another key to the one point price hitting the 1.618 is does it wick down to the 1.618 or does it close? Um, at oh, the that's interesting. Um, when you get those wicks, and that huge buy up, usually that means there's a lot of strength in that area, um, or a lot of uh, selling pressure in that area. So usually, when you get that retest, you don't, you usually get a um, a failure actually. Um, so like what I'm looking at on Bitcoin, we did hit that 1.618, but we just got huge buy volume that came back up. So to me, that's saying that all right, it hit that, but the market bought that up so strongly that, you know, that might be a failed pattern because Elliott Wave and these extension patterns, you know, they show you where the market can go, but that doesn't mean that's where the market will go, right? So you, you can't blindly go into anything because like, like anything in life, you know, nothing's 100%, but, you know, you do have some things that give you an edge in the market um, and, you know, having at least a couple tools in your tool belt that give you an edge is, you know, what's going to help you, you know, become successful at whatever you, you know, you want to do, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I liked your point about hold your winners longer. I'm kind of in a weird spot where I hold them too long, so I'm trying to get a little more aggressive about. I think I think you know the truth is like for somebody like me, and and I, I, tell me if you think this is wrong, and I'll, I'll mute again because uh, I don't want to take up too much time. But like, you know, I think that I don't have the time to pay immense constant attention to this and I don't want to be just sitting here being a bag holder so I think I've got to be a little more aggressive with taking profits than I'm probably comfortable with you know because uh, you like to sit back and go oh yeah I picked this winner and it's going to go up to eternity uh, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that I noticed you were talking about that with, with Matic you know basically just I guess sort of DCAing out right yeah. uh, so that's something so- I'm, I'm trying to work on yeah, so there's different strategies that I use, right? So there's, you know, typically, um, and it depends on, you know, the, the, the market state we're in, right? So my strategy usually on selling, you know, I usually want to, first of all, if I'm up about 25%, you know, I want to at least put my stop to break even, right? You know, because the rule number one is like, you, you don't want to, have a winner turn into a loser and and you know it happened to me so many times in the past and and then i was like when i started looking at the numbers i'm like i was up on this trade 55 percent. i was up on this trade 150 percent, 200 percent, just to see those go down 33 percent. and i was like it's bullshit you know it's like I, I can't let that happen again so you have to have some system where you know you got to pay yourself, right? You know, as a trader, as an investor, you got to pay yourself. And if you're up a decent amount on a trade, at least put it at break even that so you can limit your downside risk, right? Um, And that's where risk management is key, right? Limit your downside risk, right? So that's rule number one. Rule number one, you you, want to limit that downside risk. The next rule is, all right, now if I get a double on something, maybe sell half, right? In the market state where, you know, there's only a couple of coins that are really moving, you know, I'm selling half on a double. And and actually, I have a lot of different um, alts that I've accumulated. And I have moon bags, you know, like I saw half on a double, you know, early and, you know, I've been riding them up, you know, and, you know, Matic, you know, that was one that I sold, like, I think 10%, you know, I sold less than I usually sell, but, you know, I had more um, reason to hold it because I knew the market state we were in, you know, we were shifting into like that altcoin, you know, market cycle. So, you know, but if you don't understand, you know, what type of cycle you're in, at least, you know, limit, you know, if you're up 20 something percent, 25 percent, at least put your stop at even, you know, this way, if, you know, you go down, you know, you're at least at, you know, you didn't lose anything, you know, or put it 5 percent above, you know, your stop. Right. And then if, you know, you want to really, you know, set yourself up for like good targets for crypto, um, using those uh, FIB extension levels are, are huge, right? So um, the way you want to do that is you take the the um, high, right? The previous high, um, you're going to measure that all the way down to the previous low. And uh, this one, I'm not talking about the FIB extension tool. I'm talking about the actual um, Fibonacci um, ex- uh, retracement tool, right? Yeah. When you go into that, right, you, you take the, the first point, the high to the low, then you go into the settings area, right? And then what I like to do is I like to draw the the point five, which is going to measure your your midpoint, right? So if you're in a range, 
Hello? Yeah. I was hearing noise. All right, so if you're in a range, you're going to see, like, that 0.5 area, right? Um, so I put that there. That's key area. Um, the 1, uh, that which is the, the top point. The 1.618, which is that golden um, extension area, which, you know, usually if price hits that, that means there's going to be a continuation higher. Um, I'll put the 2 in there as well, which um, if you're in a range, right, the 2 is going to be the measured move of the range, right? So typically if you're breaking above um, an accumulation range of any sort, um, the measure move target is going to be the two extension of the Fibonacci, um, you know, retracement tool, right? And then also I put the 2.618, right? Because that's going to be, you know, usually where price is going to target next, at least in crypto. Um, if it hits the 1.618 and it's and it's still gaining a lot of steam, usually that 2.618 area is going to be where you know, you're going to want to at least take some type of profits. I mean, if you really want to stay in it for longer, you could, you know, because, you know, sometimes crypto, you know, I, I see things run up to higher um, fib extension levels. And one that I will um, mention um, to you guys is the 4.669. Um, this is one I learned from uh, rationalinvestor.com. Uh, it's called the chaos level. There's a lot of scientific um, meaning behind that number, 4.66. Nine. If you like type it into YouTube, you'll, you'll it's like a huge thing on it. But ultimately, usually when things run up that quick, those are blow off tops. And if it hits that, I'm I'm out. You know, if I didn't get out, at least at two point six one eight. Um, but you know, let's just say things go up to two point six one eight and it's forming that base. You know, I'll re-enter, but at least take some type of profits. You know, at at those levels. You know, that's that's what I key in on because. At the end of the day, you know, you got to pay yourself and you got to limit that downside risk. Sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Big T, I had a question. Um, thanks for the, all, all the info that you're sharing, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, no my problem. question is, yeah, my question is, um, so on 5-9, the weekly close, May 9th, the weekly close for Link was like 51 or 2. And then 516, obviously it went down, and that probably signaled to you that uh, it was going to go down. But before, on 59, when we had a higher weekly close, uh, was there any indicator, like, I'm trying to figure out how to weight the indicators, because you said that the weekly a higher weekly close is bullish, but then obviously it started going down after that and then eventually crashed. So I'm kind of curious, like, how much you weight certain indicators or like what you saw there that maybe signaled to you that that was potentially ha going to happen. Okay. So let me, uh, let me just pull up the, the link chart real quick. All right. So you're saying the May, you're, you're talking about May 3rd and the May 10 close. Yeah, it was the ninth, I believe. Uh, one second. Let me see a calendar here. Yeah, it was, the ninth for the weekly close. Okay, so yeah, so right. So when I'm looking at that, right, that's the weekly close. That's bearish because that's. I mean, it's not a complete. I mean, bearish and both in candle, but it's pretty close, you know. Because uh, you gotta think like if that candle was reversed, that would be very bullish, right? But that's you know that weekly candle, um, pretty much engulfed the prior weeks 
price action to the downside, right? So, you know, but then there was that, you know, um, weekly demand level that you had right around that $39 area, um, which, you know, it could have probably held if we didn't see that massive uh, capitulation event. Um, but, you know, when you see that massive capitulation event, then what I'm looking at is, you know, that double bottom weekly um, level to hold, right? So that would have been like the $29 area, but that even got sliced through like butter until the next demand level around $24. So, you know, if you're looking at the weekly though, um, I measure that a lot because those are going to, those are like your bigger data, um, you know, sentiments, right? So, but, you know, I think I would have exited a trading position quicker if I was in on a link trade. Um, let me see if I can drill down to a lower time frame to show you kind of how my mindset would have uh, worked on this one. So, give me a second. Yeah, I'm just uh, a little... Maybe I misunderstood you earlier. So, if I did, um, please correct me because I don't want to be wrong any more than I am. But uh, on May 2nd, the close was like 40-ish. And then May 9th was 53. So, um, yeah, that's what I was wondering is like how that was neutral. Because I thought you said that a higher weekly close would be bullish. So, hold on one second. Uh, I'm trying to... So, you, you want me to look at the weekly or the daily? Um, well, do whatever you think would answer my question um, better. But I thought it was the weekly close that we were talking about. Yeah, so typically when you... You know, when the price opens up below that prior weekly close, that's a bearish sentiment, right? Um, that's, that's pretty much all I was saying. Um, but like, if you drill down to the daily, um, you know, you had that M formation start coming in, which is that double top formation. Um, and then where we couldn't get above those, um, daily resistant levels, that's when we saw that, um, drawdown come in, right? So, like, you know, pretty much what I'm saying is, like, you just have to be alert, more alert when, you know, price closes the weekly at a certain level. Um, at least draw those points on your chart. Um, this way, if price close, like, if price starts to go below that, you understand that um, the sentiment is bearish at that point, right? Because those are different key indicators um, that you need to... Uh, key in on but you know it's not a say all be all but it's just you know something that you should um, be wary of that's all I was saying okay uh, so I just want to like rephrase that basically what you said is like usually a higher weekly close is, is bullish but because on the, di the daily time frame they couldn't break the resistance so we've got like a double top situation and then we went down exactly okay yeah that's what i was thinking else 
Yeah, so, you know, I mean, even that, like, that's just a weekly time frame, right? But, you know, you see all of these um, price, um, you know, movements, you know, they happen on the lower time frames. I mean, you know, but like I said, you know, it's just good to understand where those weekly um, resistance, um, resistance level support levels are and also where the candle's opening at. Um, this way you understand, you know, the main sentiment of the market, right? Because the more data you have, the stronger that movement is, right? And, you know, you can kind of see that when you look at the different charts on, like, let's say Tesla. Well, I won't even say Tesla because Tesla, you know, Elon Musk, that the whole thing was bullshit. Um, excuse my friends, but um, let's just say you go to the Bitcoin chart, right? And, you know, you look at the weekly breakout levels, for example. Um Give me a second to pull up the chart. Right, so, you know, the major area that we had before, before the bull run started, right? You know, the key area, if you were looking at the weekly chart, that would have been at that 10K area, right? Um, Price broke above it, retested it back down in September of uh, 2020, and then that was, you know, that was the best area to get in as an investor um, for the long term, right? And, you know, that's why, you know, I didn't add spot, you know, until way up here, you know, but that's because I see that, you know, that was a huge capitulation drop, right? Um, you know, you don't get these opportunities that often in a market. And, you know, when you do, um, it's just good to take advantage of those because, you know, I don't, I don't think for a second that we've met uh, a top, a super cycle top, because uh, the super cycle is, you know, the trend is still intact. And, you know, the reason why is because, you know, we still haven't, we haven't breached that uh, previous uh, higher low, right? Absolutely. Agree. On, on a macro trend. So if you look at the weekly chart and you look at that previous um, higher low, that was at 28 28.8k roughly right depending on what chart you're looking at right and uh you know we did come down close to it uh but price did help price did hold up which is is good so i i don't think that you know we've breached that and also i don't think there's going to be you know i i don't think that we're going to go under um that previous low that we just saw um just because you know i if, if that does happen, and, you know, I would think that the top is in, but, you know, based off of what I'm seeing, based off of that buying volume that we just saw, and, uh, you know, different, you know, the on-chain metrics, you know, I, I don't know if you guys track um, the on-chain metrics and stuff like that, but, you know, yesterday, there was a $750 uh, million Bitcoin outflow um, that went off of the exchanges into, you know, an off-chain, you know, a wallet, right? So, like, that's showing you that, you know, there's big players that are still soaking up Bitcoin for cheap. And, you know, $750 million transferred to, a, you know, a wallet, you know, come on. Like, this is, it's not over, you know what I mean? Like, Definitely, no, it's, it's not the small retail, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, you know, 
another another uh, Twitter handle that I uh, I like to follow is Quip Crypto um, Quant. Um, I think I got that right, right? Yeah, they check. have Crypto um, the Quant and the, the Glass Node also. Yeah, uh, Glass Node as well. Another guy that has the, a lot of on chain analysis is Willie Wu. Also too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Willie, he's pretty good too. So, is there any other uh, questions on uh, TA or uh, fundamental stuff? I guess if you could disclose a little bit of your what your projects that you are most bullish on. Uh, so, uh, give me one second. Because everybody here is kind of like I don't know if you know Stas, but everybody here lo loves Link. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Uh, Chainlink is definitely uh, a long term hold for me. Uh, so I, I I got my long term holds that I mean I won't go into every position I own because I own over fifty different cryptocurrencies. No, right no, now, so. the, the major ones. Uh, I think the main ones. Satisfied. Uh, obviously, I have a lot of Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, uh, Chainlink. Um, reason Chainlink. I mean, you guys, you guys are the Chainlink experts, uh, but you know, obviously. Putting the off-chain data onto the blockchain is huge, um, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of value in Chainlink, and Chainlink's tied to a lot of uh, projects. So obviously, that's huge. And you guys obviously know, you know, pretty much everything's tied to Ethereum, uh, decentralized exchanges. You know, they got the there's just so much going on with Ethereum too. Even explain, but you know, that's there's a lot of value in that. Also, another one I'm in is Kusama. Um, the ticker is KSM. Um, you know, the co-founder of Kusama, um, his name is uh, Gavin Wood. And uh, he uh, co-founded Ethereum with uh, Vitalik Buterin. Um, he's a really smart guy. Um, I like what he's doing um, with Polkadot and Kusama. So I do have... Uh, you know, a sizable amount of Polkadot Kusama as well. Because um, I like how, you know, they designed the ecosystem and they have the different parachain auctions that are um, going to run inside with the Ethereum chain. So um, those are some long-term holds for me. Um, also, I like Luna. Um, they have a nice ecosystem. Um, they also have 20% uh, APY stables that they're running through their anchor protocol and they're also they're doing a lot of development and the guy uh duquan he's like a top 30 um you know guy on like he, he's 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 a very good uh leader um in the space and he's doing a lot of work over there so i like luna and i'm holding them for a long term um and i also do like uh hather as well because uh, they got uh, different nano contracts coming out, and uh, they're doing gasless uh, fees. Um, they're going to have an exchange with uh, gasless uh, fees as well. So, you know, that's huge. Um, but, you know, there's also some also value in, like, Matic, you know, as well. I had Matic, you know, I might buy it um, at a, another point, but, you know, um, I had it from $0.04, cents, so, you know, it was, I had to sell it at 260 just made more sense for me to sell that one at 260 but you know that is a l2 solution which is huge right now so 
um, scaling into those layer two solutions is key because, you know, as we saw when Chiba did that huge pump up after um, Doge, you know, the the e, um, gas fees went through the roof, right? So, you know, that's a key problem. Um, the scaling solution of Ethereum right now is, is a problem. So that's why Matic had that huge run up because, you know, people start to understand that um, there needs to be some other you know, alternatives, um, because if everybody's on this blockchain system and, you know, the gas fees are going up to $100 to $2,000 for a transaction, you know, that's that's not good, you know. So um, L2 solutions are what I'm looking into uh, right now. Um, also, you know, I started looking into uh, uh, Seller. Um, they're, they have, like, an L2 solution that they um, are running. Uh, I just picked up a bag of that on this dip. But, you know, I still got to do more research on them. So, you know, I'm not recommending anybody go into any of these. You know, this is just, you know, some projects that I'm involved in. Um, but I do, like I said, I own, you know, uh, a large, uh, vast amount of altcoins right now. I appreciate hey, it. Big hey, Big T. Hey, um, Thanks for uh, stopping by. Uh, I had a bunch of questions, but you answered them all. So um, thanks for that. I'm wondering if you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, I'm wondering if you'd come back from time to time and give us your opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, whenever you guys want me on, uh, just let me know. And uh, I'll come in and try to give you guys some value, you know? Hell yeah, man. We can, uh, I'll definitely uh, take, take you up if there's like market moves. What was that? Hello? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, this is my first time I'm using uh, this function, so I didn't I didn't really know uh, how this mic, mic thing works, but, uh, you know, thanks for something my request. I guess my main comment is, uh, I mean, I I joined, I mean, I know Big Crypto T, uh, kind of grew up together, and he he's done pretty well trying to explain a lot of the technical analysis, and, uh, I mean, this is very educational. I guess the, the main thing I always tell him, and this is, I guess, a question for you guys as well on, on your thoughts on, like, like, this is a new space and it's still developing. It's in its early stages. Um, one thing I notice is, you know, even going to, like, Twitter, uh, there are a lot of people that you guys even suggested are, are good follows. Uh, people put on charts and things like that. They, they talk at a very high level with a lot of words that not a lot of people on Twitter that are majority of their following understand um and it kind of leaves it open-ended right like we already we already know based off of your profiles like this is not financial advice these are all just speculation at the end of the day like trading is speculation it's gambling uh you, you don't have to call a gambling you, you can't predict the future it's, it's all gambling you can use different tools to help you predict it or to help you understand where it's going to go but you're not it can't be a guarantee like at any moment elon can drop a tweet and <laughs> that no one predicted it except for Elon and, and you know, we, we saw what happened. Um, do you guys think that using the terms that people from, like, Wall Street that had the stock market crash where the SEC had to get involved, do you think that it's kind of, like, gatekeeping in a way for newer individuals who want, want to understand crypto, like the engineer person who talked himself saying he didn't really have time to go through it? to then use the same 
archaic, uh, tough words that can kind of prohibit a lot of people to understand what's going on? Or do you, do you think that, like, the, the terminology is necessary to really understand what you're doing? Because a lot of the patterns or a lot of the tools that you guys even say to use, they weren't even created for trading. Uh, like, the the cloud, each, I know more, uh, type of crypto T always hates me when I try to pronounce it, the, the Ichi Miku cloud, that was created for rice. It was to understand price movement on rice and, like, other other things like that. Like, a wave, wave Elliott, uh, Elliott wave was psychology, right? All of this is basically just psychology because we're the ones who create the market. So, like, using words that the SEC used to make it seem like they were elitist in a way, like, do you, do you think that kind of hinders the progress that younger individuals or newer individuals in the crypto space um, can develop? Because it, it feels kind of like gatekeeping in a way. I disagree. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, I, I disagree as well. I think, well, I wanted to mention that not not all technical analysis necessarily involves, like, that higher degree of vocabulary such that, like, you know, for me, uh, my technical analysis is bare minimum. So, like, my favorite tool is literally just drawing horizontal lines to try and identify, um, you know, key supports and resistances. And for me, when I'm trying to explain that to someone who's new, it, it's typically, you know, something that's pretty easy to understand. So I don't really get into, like, the Elliott Waves or the Ichimoku Cloud and stuff like that. So, you know, there is definitely simpler forms of technical analysis that can still come provide a lot of value to new players. I, I disagree yeah. for a different reason. Uh, I disagree in the sense that the vocabulary is gatekeeping. I think that it's just the language this economy was written in. Like, these type of technology was written a certain way. And I don't think it was written... A lot of the technology is, like, Japanese or Chinese or comes from uh, not American descent. So, like, it is... Some of the translation's difficult and stuff, and I think that's why it comes off. Like, it's all fancy words, but I think it's because people are trying to translate languages and figure out their system. And I, I don't think that just because the vocabulary... The vocabulary seems complex, but the definitions behind them aren't. And once you learn the definitions of the main terms that are being thrown around... It all kind of makes sense, and I think it's just kind of like coding or Spanish or whatever. It's not the intention that it's difficult to learn. It's just this is the system that it was built around, and if you want to learn it, you kind of have to learn the language that's spoken. And that's yeah, I mean, it's it's jargon, right? Like every every profession, every career field has their own particular jargon. So like if you wanted to kind of enter the like medical field you know you, you got to adapt to the field right like you got to adapt to their jargon to understand and communicate within those professionals or whether you're you want to be an accountant right accountants are going to have their own jargon because it's what they do it's what they know it's what they're trained in and so um if you have a interest in that particular field i think it's up to you as an individual to adapt and um the reason why i like really push back on that gatekeeping is like yeah, there are different terminologies that we use that, you know, on the outside, if you haven't heard it before, it could seem completely foreign. But 
you know, we, we host these Twitter spaces open to the entire community, not just the crypto community, but anyone on Twitter can hop in these spaces and ask the questions like you just asked, right? And so, like, our goal here is just to educate people on um, these, like, topics directly so that they can feel a little bit more uh, engaged with the community and learn some of these jargon words to, like, help them yeah and and i appreciate that i guess it was more so just my thought process on it just based off of how i know the evolution of trading in america happened um i mean i've been in finance uh since i graduated college in 2014 and just the evolution of the cfa institute the sec everything like that it's in its own way a, a form of regulation and regulation require making requirements you know there are times where people didn't even have to go to college to start trading and and you know eventually institutions made it a, a mandatory thing or like getting your series seven or getting a cfa and if you didn't get it then all of a sudden like you didn't know what you're talking about all of you guys on twitter um i'm assuming that the majority of you don't have a cfa but you know what you're talking about so there's the com there's the the familiarity of just understanding the basic core function of what, what it is you're trying to achieve. And, you know, I understand that there's jargon and everything, but you guys created your own language too, right? Like to the moon, like things like that. And I'm just, I'm just wondering if, uh, making this all new and, and having it as a new space, like technically, yeah, it's all the same, right? Supply and demand. It's, it's, uh, support resistance, all these, it's the same function because human beings are the ones involved with it. So like, do you think he was kind of limiting your, like the evolution of what crypto can be and how, uh, of an experience for people who don't, you know, like who just aren't really introduced to trading. Like, does it doesn't really have to be looked at in such a definitive, defined jargon way when everything else can be fun? I just wanted to so, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a thought. It's just a thought, right? Like, I, I I'm just no. It's just you know, I was asking for your thoughts on it. That's all. It may not be gatekeeping, but I was just, you know, I just, I feel like that disconnect too, right? Like, so, oh, like, if you really I, want to know, we'll go read this. these books, but like, I will, I will say this, hold up, let me, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I will say this, right? Sorry, Can you turn your uh, mic off, because I'm getting echo in the background? Turn your uh, mic off, because I'm getting echo in the background. Thank you. Um, I will say this, is that, you know, understand, like, it, it's, it's a lot of jargon, and it might be a lot to... Um, people at first, but you know, nobody's forced to learn any of this stuff. Right. Um, but I will say that it, it does help to understand some of the jargon and some of, um, these trading terms and understand, you know, a chart and how to do that. Right. If that's not, you know, what you really want to focus on, um, like I said before, you know, maybe focusing on those, um, higher timeframes, uh, might be better um, for that person, right? Because, um, before you get started, I mean, you have to have a financial plan, right? Everybody's plan is going to be different, um, than, you know, somebody else, right? Um, everybody's financial goals is going to be different, right? And people's time is going to be different. Um, like the gentleman was saying earlier, right? Um, that's for everybody to determine, right? But at least understanding, you know, some of the jargon and some of the key terms is going to help um, position yourself and if you know you don't have the time getting into those weekly breakout levels right um those those you know patterns where you know it takes you know weeks you know months 
sometimes even years, when you see those breakout patterns, those are huge. You know, you don't even have to understand um, that much trading if you see, you know, a weekly breakout. You know, if you see a weekly breakout, you know, that's that's an easy call. You know, I mean, in my book, you know, usually those patterns, um, they're, they're a high probability of um, being a winning trade, right? So, you know, you don't need to understand that jargon. Um, but, you know, one thing I will say is, that I disagree on um, is that, you know, some of this stuff, you know, doesn't tie into trading. Like um, there is a, you know, a lot of these different tools out there. Um, I've used them personally and they do uh, help a lot. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the other thing too, like, right. If people believe in these things, they tend to work. Right. So even though, you know, if, you know, Japanese candlesticks, it started from rice and, it, you know, it, it didn't have any basis to, like, the crypto market, right? Um, the traders who were trading these patterns, they believe in them. Um, there's also, you know, bot trading. There's um, algos that, you know, the, the market makers, they're running these, you know, high-frequency trading and they're, they're, they're running these bots to trade these psychological patterns so that's why these patterns are going to play over and over. They're going to play out over and over again, right? Um, and then if you read up about um, Wyckoff, right, um, he even states that, you know, there's going to be real price action and fake price action. But it really doesn't matter because, you know, all of that together is what the composite man, which is the collective group, you know, who are pushing the market, um, their agenda or their place, like their playbook that they're running, their play that they're running, there it doesn't matter if it's you know algo trading or you know a trader doing it. As long as the system is pointing that direction out, you know that way, it's most likely those patterns are going to play out. So, I mean, you could say it's gambling in one way, but there's also um, calculated risk. You know, I, I would say understanding how to trade you're more likely calculating your risk, especially if you understand how to manage your risk as well. You're going to set yourself up, um, you know, you know, for, you know, having good trades and making money. But, you know, if you're just going out there and, you know, you're just throwing on positions and you have no invalidation points, you have no reason for getting in that trade, then yeah, that's, that's straight gambling. You know, you, you might as well go down to, you know, the casino and throw it all on black or red at that point, because, you know, that's not trading, you know, that's all I'll say on that. Yeah. I think the only thing that separates uh, gambling from trading is essentially, like you said, just literally risk management. That is the one thing that I think personally just defines the difference between trading and gambling is a risk management system. New bro, uh, you had something to say, but your mic's kind of quiet, so people spoke over you. Uh, I don't know if you could get yeah, any closer to your phone. Or... Y'all hear me? Yeah, you're just pretty quiet. Okay. Go for it. Now, now that no one's talking, it's better. Go for it. Um. So basically, all I was gonna say is like, I think that yeah, there's like a jargon, and there's like a almost like a a barrier of communication, if you will, but. Like, I want to say, like, six months ago, or, like, maybe less than six months ago, really, I preferred a line chart because I had no idea how the fuck to read a candle chart. And I just kept on seeing so many candle charts get posted. And 
people saying that they could kind of see something happening, but without really any explanation. So it really kind of comes down to what you're exposed to, in a sense, and how curious you are, really. Like, I have to say, like, it's just, honestly, the memes led me down a very, like, interesting path, almost kind of, like, hilarious how the memes really kind of led me to stuff like Chainlink and really kind of led me to stuff like, like Matic. I honestly saw a meme back in January that made me really look into it. Yeah, and one of your questions, I think, was does the complex jargon hurt the adoption of trading culture? And I don't think so. I think people who don't go out of their way to learn the jargon are just hurting themselves. I don't think it hurts the space if people don't learn it. Like, people are saying, like, you can trade without understanding it, but it's really just hindering yourself, not the space. And also, like, the amount of money you see on the stock market in crypto, like, they don't really need you. If you don't understand it, uh, this thing's going to go on without you. So uh, they're not going to change the how the jargon's written to make more people understand. So unless you go out your way to learn it, you're always kind of just going to be a little bit behind. That's how I see it. They're not really going to tend to us. Uh, if you want to compete, you're going to have to go out of your way to learn what they're talking about. Yeah, one I thing. Know, yeah, I get, I, I get that. And I mean, I'm not saying that the world should conform to make it easier. I guess I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, crypto was introduced, uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain, everything was introduced as kind of like a, a canvas that we as people can create our own ways to, to, to get a message or, or to, to, to make things efficient. And to the person who was talking before, I think the jargon kind of makes the communication barrier where maybe it's necessary later as you get better with the whole analysis. But to a lot of people, um, especially on something like a Twitter, like it's, we're, I'm, we don't like a lot of things that probably went over a lot of people's head, like in even this, uh, conversation i'm able to understand it just because like i know some of the jargon but at the same time too like i, I also know that a lot of people you know they, it's hard for them to to, to kind of keep up with understanding to this point like a candle as opposed to a line chart what are you saying like the there's like that communication and i think it's because maybe that people are relying too much on that jargon as it, when is it i'm asking like is that really necessary at, at, at the stage of which the, the audience and what you're trying to like get to is really necessary to get into that type of jargon at that moment in time. Like this is all new still. Like you can do, I say, I say, we can do anything, right? Like I, 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 say, I say, yeah, because I've joined yeah. spaces where I've spaces bare bull trends and people ask me what that means, right? And it's like, on one hand, you understand why they don't understand because like the whole of a bear, quote unquote, bears and bulls have to do with markets, right? It's just the way this thing is talked about. So, like you said, you can function without these things. But if you just, like, the definitions really aren't that complex. Like, a bull is just up, a bear is just down. And if you think you can't understand that because you don't know what bears and bulls are, you're just missing out on the general sentiment. Like, if you didn't know what bear and bull trend means, and you see a trader say, I think we're heading in a bearish direction, and you don't know what that means, that doesn't hurt them, that hurts you. I think uh, 
I, I actually, if I speak, um, or uh, I guess that's what I call you. Uh, I, I actually, I think I see where you're coming from. Um, I, I think it, maybe it was just this episode in particular was a little bit specific, right? It's hard to follow along because we're talking about um, charting. Uh, but generally speaking, I think we do try to do a really good job of like trying to make it understandable for people. Um, so I, I do think there is some some valid statements that he's made on this particular uh, discussion we've had tonight. It, it would be hard to follow along on some of our discussions if you're not able to like mentally picture what is being discussed if you haven't had that exposure before. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. Exactly. The, the only, I, I, I don't disagree that any of this is confusing, but some of the things spoken about tonight are over my head, and I've been here since 2017. So I, I'm not down-talking that at all, but I think the sentiment that you don't, it, like, the jargon's, like, out of your league only just hurts you is all I was saying. It, it, yeah, it, no, Connor, that's that, if that, I, if that I point was jargon, I trust me, anyone can. Yeah, no, that, that point wasn't a counterpoint to you. It was more just kind of uh, like a counterpoint to myself oh, oh, and just kind of like oh, yeah. realizing no, where he was coming from. Feel bad that they don't understand mm-hmm. And people have to realize what Connor said. Like, one thing is most people are not good at trading. You have to do investing. And you have to know what's the difference between trading and investing. And at some point, you know, you can't throw around the, the word gambling because some cryptos, you know, especially, you know, the very good fundamentals, they are not gambling if you're going to invest in the long term. You just think about it like, for example, if I show you the PL and the fundamentals of like Apple, and you look, oh, that's a good company to invest, you know what I mean? But that's different between you selling it in the next week and you're holding off, you know, for your retirement. That's something that people have to understand also, you know what I mean? We're talking about, like, short-term training, you know? Exactly. And I, I yeah, think but that we, I guess to that point, though, what I, I would... Granted, though, traders, hold on, I, I want to just add this. So I was I, just going to say, I would counter that, though. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, big Rita. Yeah, I was going to say... Gonna say yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big crypto, big crypto. One at a time. All right, I'm just going to say this, right? I, I, you just threw me off track, right? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say, actually, now. <laughs> the delays are real killer. You think the person... The delays are real killer. <laughs> Might be a sign. I was going to say, yeah, yeah I, I get, I get the other... <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, get, I get your point of understanding the difference between investing and trading, but to the whole gambling aspect of it. Like I said, this is new. So, like, if, because if you got to ask yourself, do you believe in this, right? Like, if you do, then you know this beginning. And so investing for the future, maybe it's a safer, it's a safer uh, assumption than what you guys are talking about, which is interval time frame trading. So, like, for instance, that that is more so of you can be a good trader, but you don't, you don't know what the future holds. And it's more of the, the risk of an Elon Musk tweeting because this isn't a regulated market space. It's 24 hours. Anything could happen. So, like, I just I, I use the term gambling in a sense of there's not a lot of uh, regulations to help you not get screwed. You have your patterns and you have different technical analysis that, that can help. But it's not a guarantee, right? Like, it's no, not I a understand, but the That's why a lot of people get caught right on it to use that. 
Sorry, go be crypto. Yeah, so like exactly uh, what you're saying. Um, you know, I understand you're saying like it's it's not a regulated market in that aspects, right? But you know, when Elon Musk comes out and he makes those tweets, right? You know, it just happens to be at times when the charts at a key point, right? So when things like that happen, when he tweets, you know, um, about the whole, you know, Tesla selling Bitcoin, um, and then comes out and says, you know, um, you know, for clarity reasons, like we didn't sell, you know, that's all market manipulation, but you know, it, it kind of keys into, you know, the higher mind I'm um, thinking of like, you know, what the, um, market makers are trying to do with the market. So, you know, I don't think I've touched upon this before, but um, what we pretty much just saw was the Wyckoff um, distribution schematic just play out, like, perfectly, right? So, you know, we saw, you know, them pump the price up. And, you know, prior, you know, you had Tesla getting into Bitcoin. Everybody's driving up. You had the Coinbase listing come in. You know, that was putting the peak in the market, right? All of this bullish news was coming out, right? Then, you know, we had the weakness come in and we had that balance come up, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, a week a week ago or, you know, two weeks ago, all of this bearish news started coming out, right? That's not a coincidence, right? That None of it is a coincidence, right? All of this is a pre-planned, um, you know, propaganda or whatever. Like, this is all planned, right? So you have to understand that. You know, Elon Musk, he might be in, you know, with the people who are trying to move the market, right? And the news and all of that stuff, you know, what they put in the media, you know, they're trying to push their agenda, right? So as a trader, right, you know, you need to understand, or an investor, right, you need to understand, you know, what are they trying to do with the market? Like, what is the the macro picture? What are they trying to you know, do, right? So if you look at, you know, um, I don't know, I don't have a picture of it on my Twitter or anything, but um, I'll post a chart later on um, and showing you, like, what I'm talking about because, uh, you know, the Wyckoff distribution is, is pretty high level and I'm not a master at that, but I do, you know, I understand, like, what just happened and we just saw that distribution phase happen, right? Um it kind of caught people off guard though, because the distribution and the reaccumulation is very close to each other. Right. Um, but once we lost that 42 K area, um, that was the warning sign, right? Um, once we lost that area, that was not reaccumulation at that point, that was distribution. Right. And then that's when, once we lost that 42 K area, you know, we saw that huge, massive, um, capitulation event occur. Um, but back to what I was saying about the the whole thing, you know, about Elon Musk tweeting this and that, right? In the news coming out, you got to understand, like that's all, you know, fud, right? Like it's all, you know, things that they're putting out there to scare people and to move the price in a direction that they want to move it, right? So you know, being able to identify um, the larger picture in the market will help you out in those scenarios when you know you see these. Um, news articles come out, you know, Elon Musk tweets this and it goes that way. Or, you know, um, China is banning cryptocurrency now or, um, 
this this new story, you know, if you see that, you have to understand, all right, maybe they're running this system, right? They're, they're running this play, right? I think of everything as in, like, this is the play they're running, right? They're going to run, um, you know, a rising wedge breakdown pattern or a rising wedge breakup. This, you know, you got to think of it like, what is the what is what is what are they trying to accomplish right what is what is the the major market movers trying to accomplish right and if they're sending you all that negative news and they're pushing that price down you have to understand like all right this is a distribution they're driving the price down so that they can reaccumulate those shares right and that's exactly what they did they crashed the price and you saw that massive buy-up volume you know that came in afterwards and they literally just took all of that um bitcoin from you know people who didn't know what was going on but this is nothing that doesn't happen over and over like we have to understand um in crypto that you know the institutions they're in they're in now um you know people have been calling like they they wanted the institutions to come in um for so long but you know they just showed us that they're in the market now and they're running um their plays you know so we have to be you know cautious or understand at least you know what they're running you know because you know we're not privy to the information that they have um but we have to understand like what they're trying to do and if you don't understand you know at that high level at least try to you know do some research or um follow you know people who you know do understand you know that high level of trading or whatever um but if you know you're investing for a long term you know you know, you shouldn't be even looking at these levels this high, you know, unless, you know, you're, you know, an advanced trader or have some type of knowledge of the market because, you know, Bitcoin, you know, was what, under like 4K, 3K last year, you know, to be buying it 60K, you know, you know, that's, that's pretty high, you know, you should have been buying way back then, you know, um, and getting in on those like lifetime buy opportunities, like if you, like I said, like, like an easy one is buying those W, those W, uh, W bottoms, those double bottoms, right? Like if you're getting in on those breakouts on those weeklies, like those, those are like cake moves. Like you're, you're making money usually most, most of the time. Like, um, so definitely, you know, if you're not, if you're like newer to investing, definitely, um, zoom out, I would say, um, and focus on like the bigger picture, right? And don't be in a rush to make money because if you're in a rush to make money, usually you're going to lose money. Um, you have to take it one day at a time and try to understand um, what, you know, the market is trying to do. And it's it's a lot. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as traders, like, we use a lot of jargon. Um, and, uh, you know, but at least understanding it is, is definitely um, something that will help you. 100%. I love that. I think that's actually a really great way to close this out, guys. Big Crypto T, thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you. I'm glad the base space was your Thanks for having me. Yes, Twitter thank space. you. This was uh, super informative. Um, we record these. Or are you cool with us posting this up on our YouTube channel? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you guys missed anything, all the books, all of the PDFs, all of the knowledge, that was dropped today. We'll definitely be posting that up on, online. So don't feel bad if you came in halfway or if you missed something. Uh, for everyone new tuning in, we do these Sunday through Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern. 
8 p.m. Mountain Time every single week, always bringing on new guests. Um, shout out to all the speakers. We had so many amazing speakers tonight come on and contribute. So really, really appreciate that. A lot, a lot of new faces. And uh, super high chase. You any have anything additional you guys want to add in? I just wanted to say thank you because I don't know how to trade, so you gave me some insight. So I definitely appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plus. Yeah. Let me know uh, when you guys want me to come back on. Um, I, I didn't get to cover everything uh, that I wanted to, uh, but let me say it uh, real quick. Uh, you know, I know we got to wrap up. Um, but before we uh, leave, I wanted to talk a little bit about like you know the fundamentals more. Um, just some quick keys that like I look at, you know, just to give you guys some tips, right? So, you know, if you want to check out a project, I like to check out the website first, see if the website's good. Um, I check the Telegram channels. The Telegram channels usually, you know, they got, you know, the you know, co-founders in there or people who are involved in a project. They're talking about, you know, the new releases that are coming out. Those are definitely some things that you want to um, look for. You know, if something doesn't have a Telegram channel, it's usually not that good, and that's a flag. Um, you want to see, you know, how many exchanges it's traded on. If it's traded on some scammy exchange, you know, you want to stay away from that. Um, and then also there's a website called coinmarketcow.com. Um, they release a lot of the um, fundamental, like, upcoming events, right? So you want to be looking for, like, test nets, main nets, um, airdrop events, like, any of those major fundamental um catalysts you want to draw those up put those on your board you know because you know having those catalysts down the line is going to drive the price as well so those are like fundamental like basics that you know you want to um key in on and then back to you know just the regular ta basics horizontal diagonal support and resistance understanding the flips trend channels trend patterns elliott wave count we have extension and retracements, RSI, MACD, um, and the trend line breakouts. Like you, those are your bread and butter and the EMA, um, trading with the EMA strategy, right? So those are the key, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. But um, good luck to everybody who's um, trying to trade and better their life um, because you know, this is definitely a way that can help you. But you need to understand that you, know, you have to have some type of risk management system in place because if you don't, then um, you're, you're, you know, you're gambling with, uh, your money, right? So, you know, you need to understand that this is a competitive, a competitive space. Um, and you have to have some type of plan in place if you really want to be good at this. Hundred percent, agree more. And don't use like a hundred x leverage because you're only giving money to the CZ casino. <laughs> I just want to say oh. uh, thanks, speaker. I didn't even speak about that part. Oh, yeah, if you want to touch about that, stay away from the definitely. Stay away, stay away from the leverage, especially if you're new. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. You know, because that's really that's really gambling at that point. You know, I, and I have a lot of people who will DM me. Um, asking, you know, should I go leverage on this? Um, how much leverage is that? 10x leverage. And, and the first question I ask is, how much experience do you have? A lot of them are beginners. And I'm like, you're going 10x leverage and you don't understand 
how markets move. Like you're a ten percent drop, and you're flushed out. You're liquidated on your position, and you know you don't like it's it's just it's just it's just crazy for telling you like people were just in such a, a rush. You know these altcoin gains are like thirty forty percent. Like you don't need that leverage, like because altcoins are they're like leverage already. Like stick to spot understand find find a system that works for you and you'll be successful that way you don't need to leverage up on everything especially not at this point in the market 100 percent. all right guys this has been super based thanks again big crypto t i mean you're literally like the second person i ever followed on twitter so this <laughs> guy's got all base appreciate that if you aren't following him, like definitely follow him. He posts he posts mad charts all the time. Solid advice, guys. Um, and I think on that note, guys, we'll we'll, we'll peace out. Uh, just a reminder, guys, we do not have episodes right Friday and Saturday. I know you're all sad, uh, but Connor has been hosting regular stuff, so definitely check out his thing. I'm sure he'll be popping off uh, over the weekend. All right, guys, peace. Peace out. Peace, everybody. See you, boys and girls. <laughs>